We better welcome Nath. Let's do that well. Thanks, David. Well, really great to be sharing with you tonight on our Vision Sunday particularly. And uh, as David mentioned, across all the services today, I'm just sharing some of the visions that God has been calling us into in this season. And uh, as part of this as well, I'm going to be sharing an introduction to our church-wide series, Your Kingdom Come. Uh, so uh, just really want to encourage you, if you're not yet in a group, jump into a group, even if it's just for these four weeks, uh, you'll be blessed, you'll be encouraged, you'll bless others as you join in with us as well. And although this is an intro week, groups aren't meeting yet this week, there's still time for you to sign up, so make sure you register online and, uh, and jump in and be a part of this. Uh, across this series, we're going to be looking at this incredible invitation that Jesus gives us to take hold of His kingdom vision for our lives. I don't know if you've ever thought like this, but maybe you've had moments where you've wondered or, or feelings of my life is not really, um, doesn't really have any meaning or purpose, it lacks significance. Perhaps you've had that sense at times of just going through the motions, caught up in the monotony of the daily grind as we often describe it. And you even have, have that question in your mind, is there more to life than this? Is this all that there is? Uh, well, the answer to that question is yes, there is more. And Jesus comes and invites us into a kingdom vision, a vision so much greater than ourselves, far beyond anything that we would imagine in our own minds. And he invites us into this vision for our lives, each and every one of us individually. Matthew 6, verse 33, Jesus says these words. He says, stop worrying about your life, what you're going to eat, what you're going to wear. But instead, he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. And then we are instructed to pray in Matthew 6 as well. Um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This invitation that we have to step in as part of a kingdom vision that Jesus has for each one of us. In contrast to this kingdom vision, the world is constantly pushing at you a vision for your life. I don't know if you realize this. Um, and this is the thing, if we don't take hold of um, God's vision for our lives, the world is continually pushing its vision for us. It's continually trying to paint a picture for you of what um, will bring you fulfillment and meaning and purpose in your life. Uh, and the vision it sells you goes something like this. To find yourself, look within yourself... To be fulfilled in life, pursue the things that you desire the most, and enjoying yourself is the highest goal in life. This is the vision that the world is pushing at you and me continually every day through billboards, TV ads, marketing campaigns, social media, continually bombarding us with this vision. The problem is, is that this vision does not deliver. It leaves us empty. Um, it, it's, there's, there's nothing in this vision. A couple of years ago now, in an interview with the Australian newspaper, actor Chris Hemsworth acknowledged that even though he had the whole world at his feet, that it didn't fill the need of his heart. This is what he said. He said, there's a danger in getting what you dream for. You think it's going to fulfill what that, whatever that thing inside you is yearning for, and then it doesn't. In a similar line of thinking, um, Brad Pitt was interviewed by Rolling Stone in 1999 and he lamented um, the rise in secularism, saying, we are headed for a dead end, a numbing of the soul, a complete atrophy of the spiritual being. Um, the reporter of Rolling Stone, Chris Heath, followed up and asked Pitt, so if we're heading towards this kind of existential dead end in society, what do you think should happen? And Pitt replied, hey man, I don't have those answers yet. I like his honesty. The emphasis now for me is on success and personal gain. I'm sitting in it and I'm telling you that's not it. I'm the guy who's got everything. I know. But I'm telling you, once you get everything, then you're just left with yourself. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. It doesn't help you sleep any better and you don't wake up any better because of it. Now, no one's going to want to hear that. I understand it. I'm sorry I'm the guy who's got to say it, but I'm telling you. This is, this is um, two people who have achieved a lot of success in their life telling you the vision the world sells you is empty. It is not fulfilling. It doesn't bring a sense of, of um, satisfaction, joy to our lives. 
But what Brad Pitt didn't know the answer to, he said, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is. Jesus has the answer. He has the answer. He invites us to be part of a kingdom vision. He has a kingdom vision for your life. And I know, uh, particularly for those of you who are younger here tonight, there are those who are further down the journey and they would... They know this truth. They would get alongside you and say, grab hold of this kingdom vision. Right at the very beginning, step into this vision that he has for you. And do not believe the lie of the vision that the world is pushing upon you or, 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 or encouraging you to step into. And that is why one of the most powerful prayers you can pray, one of the most powerful prayers anyone can pray is this prayer. Lord Jesus, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. One of the most powerful prayers. You know, as we launch into this series, a good question to clarify is what exactly is the kingdom of God? If we're looking at this, the kingdom of God coming into our lives, what exactly is the kingdom of God? I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about this concept. Uh, many years ago now, I had the opportunity to to visit Warwick Castle in England, and it's a really well-preserved medieval castle. Big high walls, turrets, gatehouse, dungeon, just exactly what you would expect of a medieval castle. And the purpose of that castle when it was built was for defence against an enemy, but more than that, it was to be an imposing reminder for everyone living in the vicinity of that castle that there was a lord or a king in power and that his reign and his rule and his protection was over that region of the land. And it was to be there as a reminder to everyone, a very imposing reminder that there was a king that this reign and rule existed. And in a similar way, the kingdom of God is where his reign and rule exists. But the kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom restricted to a geographical location. It is a spiritual kingdom. And the other big difference is, is that the, the medieval kings uh, across history, if you read about them, often they were very oppressive, uh, often they were far from kind or benevolent, but the king we serve in the kingdom of God is the most amazing king ever, King Jesus. He is a servant king who came and gave his very life for us so that we might be part of the kingdom of light that we might know healing and hope and forgiveness and life in Him. So when we pray that prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done in my life as is in heaven, that prayer is, is a prayer to say, Lord Jesus, I'm seeking to live under the reign and rule of you in my life. I want you to come and to reign and rule in my heart. And I want to submit my plans, my desires, my wills. I want to lay them down. And I want to step in to the kingdom vision that you have for my life. I want to seek to follow that, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And it's a powerful prayer we can pray. Uh, and the other important concept to understand around the kingdom of God is that there are two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of light, but there's also the kingdom of darkness. And there is a, a battle going on between these two kingdoms because there is an enemy who does not want to see the kingdom of heaven break into our world, doesn't want to see the kingdom of light break into the darkness of our world. And so there's this battle going on. But the good news is, is that we are on the winning side in Jesus because on the cross, Jesus, the king of heaven, came and he gave his life for us on that cross. He rose again and in doing that, he actually defeated the kingdom of darkness. And we are now on the winning side. The ultimate victory has been won on the cross. Colossians 1 verse 13 says this, For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. Praise God. That is the best news in all the world, to know that you can experience this for yourself. The moment you say yes to Jesus, he brings you, rescues you from the kingdom of darkness, brings you into the kingdom of God. But until Jesus comes again, there are still these, these kingdom battles that, that, are, that are raging. Until Jesus comes and the kingdom of God comes in all its fullness, there is still kingdom ground to be, ta to be taken. There is still kingdom battles to be fought and won. And he wants to do that through us. He wants to do that through his church. Jesus calls us to be on about his kingdom vision, seeing the kingdom of heaven break into our world. And so with this in mind, I want to share with you tonight some of the visions that God has called us in, into in this season. They're kingdom visions, big visions. 
but so exciting to see what God is doing. And the first vision that we have been working towards is the construction of a new bridge care shed up on our top property behind the Brown House. And the purpose of this new shed is to provide space for our hamper ministry and for the expanding work of bridge care across our community, helping people in need. Uh, We have seen the impact of these hampers, um, the way that they are revealing God's love and grace to people in need across our community. God led us into this many years ago as a church, and it's just kept growing and expanding, and we are running out of space to meet the needs in our community to give out these hampers. Here are a couple of recent stories. The first one was from a a high school chaplaincy um, update that was sent out recently. Many of the families who received these hampers particularly through the school community links, through the chaplains, many of these families have have no food in the pantry or very little food in the pantry. And they're living day to day, week to week. And and often it's the young people, the students, that that carry a lot of the weight of this. Listen to this update um, from a local school chaplaincy um, network that was sent out. Bridgman Downs Baptist Church very generously donated 100 Christmas hampers for us to distribute amongst our school community. One year nine student came to school very excited. Um, the day after, his family received a hamper and shared that he'd been able to cook a pancake breakfast for his whole family because of the pancake mix included in the hamper. Thank you, Bridgman Downs Church. So I want you to hear the story behind that. That's not just, uh, I'm cooking for breakfast for my family. This is a family with no food and he is able to provide and bless his family. And then there's this one from David Dixon from our Streetlight team. This was from just a couple of weeks ago. David writes, another shared the journey last night as we shared a wonderful meal, haircuts and a Bible chat. And we ran a memorial service for Joe last night who passed away late last week. This is a ministry, by the way, if you're new to Bridgman and down the local park to people who are homeless and are in need. As I arrived, about five people came up to me and asked to make sure I did a prayer for Joe tonight. And I said, we were running a memorial service tonight. And all were just so very grateful that we do these memorial services. Joe was, had been part of their community and very sadly passed away. We lit a candle and people placed flowers around it. We also gave out three Bibles after the service. So really special and powerful seeing God work in this space. As the need continues to grow, we had another five um, new people last night, a young couple who were living in their car at the Sanford Showgrounds. We were able to bless them with a hamper. There's those hampers again and a gift card. And another lady living in her car with her two kids as we were talking and she was saying that she spent Christmas in her car with her kids. Just heartbreaking. It's hard to wrap your mind around, isn't it? But she found some accommodation at Mount Gravatt at a woman's hostel and she will head there today. We're able to bless her with a fuel voucher and a hamper. And she was just so grateful if you can add her to your prayers. As we now passed our third week back last night in the, into this new year, the need for community and discipleship is just so overwhelming sometimes. But I keep being reminded, David writes of Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Thanks again for all your prayers. Blessings, David. And I don't know about you, but something within me just um, is so filled with joy to hear the stories of people in our community in need. This is Jesus' heart. He went to those uh, on the edges of society. He went to the poor and the needy, and he shared with them practical help and the good news of the gospel of Jesus. And I think tonight we should just encourage and thank our amazing streetlight team, our bridge care team, the hamper ministry team. Can we put our hands together, church, and just thank them for the amazing job that they are doing. I know that Myra, who heads our hamper ministry, she cannot wait for this extra space of this shed. She is just itching. The, the, the requests coming in are far more than what we're able to do in our current facilities there, and she can't wait to have more space so we can um, store more food and get more of these hampers out across our community. The second vision is to reach our Proclaim Freedom Fund goal of raising $50,000 by the 30th of June this year to complete the development of an online English platform for our English classes so that we can um, get this out right across the world. People from all around the world linking in for our English online ministry. We continue to hear stories of the impact of our English classes, both in person and online, the impact they have in um, revealing God's love to people from all around the place. Here's one email I received at the end of last year 
This is from a family in our church who rely on a team of carers to look after their son who has very, very significant health challenges. They are an amazing family. This is what they wrote recently, just at the end of last year, to the pastors. They said, hi all, as you know, over all the years, we've had the opportunity to bring lots of our son's carers along to church. We estimate that we have had 100 carers come through our home since 2011. Our home has become our mission field. There is a message just in that alone, isn't it? That sentence, incredible testimony from this family. The fact that we um, now play online services, baptisms and testimonies throughout the week all help to create a godly atmosphere as they care for our son. Praise God again for our online ministry and John on the team and all they're doing there. We just keep hearing the stories of the blessing of that. In 2018, we had a Brazilian carer on a working visa join our team for only a short few months. Our son's nana, Christine, got talking to her about the English classes at Bridgie Run and offered to take her on the Saturday morning. That's our G'day Saturday English ministry here on a, um, on a Saturday morning led by Wayne and Sue Something. They do a phenomenal job. Um, she was so excited, she'd been paying $100 per lesson elsewhere. That was all it took. On that morning, she quickly connected in with the Brazilian community. That's our Brazilian Connect ministry led by Fernando and Kathy Moura and Marcos and Simone as well. Amazing ministry they've got going on there. And, and, I, and she started attending church services and would send us messages like, I'm at the 8 a.m. service, are you coming? It didn't take long before she responded and gave her life to Jesus. Praise the Lord. She remains in contact with us and was able to attend our son's 21st last year. Oh, yes, and she passed her English exam. Thank you, Bridgie. How good is that, church? Isn't that encouraging to hear stories like that of what God is doing? And even this year, there's been a, a, a person or a family, a person who's from a different nationality, different faith background, who connected through our English um, corner ministry at Chermside Library over there and came to the Christmas lights. And since then... Um, has come to place their faith and trust in Jesus as well. Just an incredible story. So be encouraged. There's incredible opportunities here. We know the power of these English classes and being able to share with people the good news of the gospel. And I think as you came in today, or maybe on your chairs tonight, you'll see the English online vision booklet. I'd love to encourage you when you get a moment to take that and to read it. I want to read you just some of the opportunity that's some in that book. It's a brilliant booklet that Pastor Andrew's put together. Let me read you a little snippet from it. There are 1.5 billion people in the world desperately wanting to learn English and now people are more willing than ever to connect online, since COVID, that is. It creates an incredible opportunity for us as a church to serve, love, and connect with people all over the world from our own homes. Has there ever been an opportunity like this, ever, in history, in the moment we're in right now? Our English lessons went online, in the booklet still says this, went online in 2020, and immediately there was great interest. People soon joined classes from Lebanon, Kazakhstan, China, and Japan, all through being forwarded a link from friends or family. And in that book, it explains more about this platform we're putting together um, with, uh, the, with the idea being that people from other countries, they link in, it'll be in their own language as they link into it. Not only that, there'll be a section on there with questions around faith and about who Jesus is in their own language. And we are packaging this up, working on packaging this up with the, the online course material and training material for those who want to teach the classes. And you'll notice that none of it is branded Bridgman in any way. Our heart, this is a kingdom vision, a big kingdom vision. As we package this up, we're going to pay for it and look after it. And then we want to offer it to churches and ministries and say, take this, please take it and use it. And our prayer is it'll be multiplied because we think this is an incredible opportunity in this time in history that God has placed us. And with the resources he's given us as a church, and we want to see them released uh, for this, for the for the good news of Jesus to continue to spread right around our world. World, so keep praying for that and keep supporting that vision. And Pastor Andrew and the and Caleb, they are working away on that as well. And I think we should just thank um, all of those involved in our Saturday ministries, our English Corner, our Bridgman Online with Yvonne Evans. Can we put our hands together, Church, and just encourage them as well tonight for the amazing work they are doing in that space. The third vision is to reach our proclaimed freedom fund of raising $100,000 by the 30th of June this year to support Dion with the development of the Bethel 
property out at Dolby for ministry to young people in youth detention. This is a, a really exciting vision, what God is doing in this space. For those who are new to Bridgman, Dion is a First Nations ministry led by Billy, who was a pastor here um, for many years, and we continue to have a strong relationship with Dion, with the Dion community. And more recently, they have been reaching out, ministering to young people uh, in the youth justice system, in youth detention through their True Fellow ministry. Many of these young people that they are reaching out to have never, ever had anyone um, tell them that they are loved, that they have value and worth, that there is hope for their future. And Billy and the team there are, are getting these young people, getting alongside them and letting them know there is a God who loves them, who has a plan for their lives, that there is hope for their future. And the impact it is having is phenomenal. And Billy was telling me the Indigenous Liaison Officer from the Youth Detention Centre came to him and said, I don't know what you're doing, um, what, what you're doing with those young people. When they come back, they are different young people. They are changed. We can see it. And we want to be a part of what you're doing. We need your help in this space. And uh, there's a little update um, that um, Billy has sent through to us on video um, that I, I wanted you just to hear tonight. This is from Billy himself out at Dolby. So let's go to the screens and check this out. Yeah, I'm at Bridgie, Billy Williams here from Dion, and I'm speaking to you from out at Bethel, our 40-acre property in Dolby. I was going to wear some really flash horse riding gear and come in on a horse, but uh, I actually had to whip a snip our fruit forest, and uh, I was just thinking to myself, there's, there's nothing more spiritual I could be doing. Um, we planted this uh, garden, and it's just flourishing after all the rain, and, and really things are changing out here, and I think that's a really good metaphor. Uh, for what we're seeing, not just physically, but spiritually. And we thank you for your support for Dion and for True Fuller uh, as it connects with the property out here. And True Fuller is uh, our opportunity to build relationships with young people that have come into contact with the juvenile uh, justice system or the court system. And, uh, you know, we've aimed at uh, 12 to 25-year-olds and we've been predominantly running camps but also getting alongside young people. And it's uh, been a tremendous opportunity. And in fact, rather than me just talk about it, I, I got a letter from a mum and I just want to read you the intro to give you a little flavour. This is what it says. I'm the mother of a 22-year-old high-functioning autistic son. The reason for mentioning his diagnosis first is not that I want to define him or limit him, but rather to create a context for how I believe his engagement in the True Fuller program has changed his life in transforming ways that have seen him learn to trust and engage in people in healthy communities in a deep and meaningful way. You know, just, just that alone, that, that paragraph alone um, is so encouraging and, and inspires us to continue to keep going and um, not just thankful for the opportunities, but also asking you to continue to support us in what we're doing out here. I know that Bridgie have taken up an offering and uh, that's helping us to continue to improve the infrastructure so we can have more and more young people come and experience this place. Um, I'm sitting right where one of the young people sat for about 20 minutes and looked out at the sky, heard those sort of, sorts of birds. And after 20 minutes, one of our leaders said, what are you thinking? And he said, I'm thinking about freedom. And uh, that's the opportunities that we want to continue to present to young people, give them a different narrative, uh, a place of healing and hope. And so thank you very much, Maraba, uh, Bridgie. Um, and if it's on your heart and in your spirit, we, we do ask that you continue to support us in that. Yeah, look, thank you. Is that encouraging, church? Yeah, praise God for what he's doing in that space. We've already been able to release $40,000 from the Proclaim Freedom Fund has come in. We've been releasing it to them because um, they're, they're already on about it. And they literally have organisations queuing up to work with them because of the impact they're having. And so, uh, yeah, just continue to pray for it. Uh, um, another part of that story is Luke Houghton, who's been a um, long-term part of our church, spent 13 years in jail. When he was in jail, Pastor Peter, our founding pastor, would go and visit him there. Uh, eventually... By God's grace, he, he met Jesus in prison, powerful testimony, came to faith. He's just celebrated 13 years out of jail. And uh, miracle, um, God was able to um, enable him to get his blue card so he can be part of this true, true fellow ministry. And he rang me the other morning, super excited about what God's doing in this space as well. I was actually at the airport welcoming back in the team 
from Cambodia and they were taking a long time to come out, I want to tell you. So Luke rang me and, uh, and I thought, perfect opportunity to chat. And he was so excited to tell me that there is now, he's now going into the youth detention centre two days a week. And the reason he's going in two days is because 40 young people have signed up to do a Bible study a Bible study with him and another Luke from Kruger Parade Baptist Church, similar story to Luke's story, and together, 40 who have signed up. And he said, so we're going in two days a week. And he was just so excited that this was taking place and what God was doing in this space. And uh, this is through young people just being impacted through the experiences they have, hearing their own stories as well, God putting this together. And praise God that despite what you hear on the news, God is at work in the youth detention centres. I want to tell you that. Don't believe everything you hear there. God is at work in the background. And we are praying. I've, I've started praying for a revival to break out in the youth detention centre here in our city. Wouldn't that be a blessing to see that take place? I'm telling you, 40 people doing a Bible study, 40 young people. And Jesus loves those young people, I want to tell you. He loves them and he wants to meet them and he wants to transform their stories. So keep praying for that. Keep standing with them in prayer and in practical support as well as we seek to raise the rest of those funds for that ministry to bless them. The final vision is to reach our proclaimed freedom goal of raising $100,000 to complete the planned developments of the Soul Op Shop and um, Espresso up there, amazing space. That includes putting a playground in for the young parents and grandparents, even with kids, for it to be a really welcoming space for little ones, expanding the cafe kitchen and providing extra space in the existing bridge care shed when the new shed's built for the operational side. It is far beyond anything we could have imagined, that op shop. It's huge, the impact it's having in our community, the people coming, people experiencing and encountering God's love. It's, they come and they taste it and they just want to keep coming back and they can't explain it. Opportunities to pray for people, to share with people. There is not a week that goes by, a day that goes by when that op shop is open where God is not working through that space. I've shared with you before, I think, the story of the lady that I connected with from the community um, who was working in the community garden at the op shop and her words to me, her exact words to me were, this op shop has saved my life. She had been through some really difficult situations in her life and through connecting to that community garden, being in that op shop space, it had literally transformed her world. And uh, with the volume of it, we want to continue to help um, to bless our volunteers. They're cramped in that little kitchen. If you've been up there with the volume of people coming through, so we want to um, expand that a little bit to make that space more workable for them. The playground, as I mentioned, and also um, that extra space in the existing shed will help with the, our team, our sorting team, do a phenomenal job um, just sorting through all the items that are donated in. So again, an amazing vision to be a part of. What I love about all of these visions is that they're all outward-focused visions. They're all about blessing people in need, reaching people in our world, reaching people in our community. And I love that about these visions. If you add them all up, if you're minded that way, you might have been adding up the, the totals in your, in your mind there. The Proclaim Freedom Fund total that we're aiming to get to is $250,000 by the end of June this year, the end of this financial year. So far, we have raised $125,000, which is a massive effort. So thank you, church, halfway for all that have been a part of that to this point. Um, we've been able to recently um, um, direct just this last week from the proceeds of the op shop another $40,000 across to that fund, praise God. So we're now up to $165,000. That leads $85,000 yet to raise to see these um, great visions accomplished. And so I want to encourage you, if God has enabled you in this season, if God is putting it on your heart to give towards these visions that... Um, to encourage you to do that. The details of how you can give um, towards that are in your newsletter or online. Just go to the website as well. But we'd love your help in seeing these visions uh, fulfilled, these great visions. Um, this fund is over and above our regular budgeted giving. Um, and I did want to mention too that we are also currently tracking in our regular giving, which funds all of our regular ministries and outreach, we're tracking around $140,000 behind, projected out for the year, behind for the year, which is quite a significant shortfall. Um, we very rarely talk about our regular budget of giving here, but I did want to let you know that, particularly if you call Bridgman home, and if God's saying, yeah, this is where to put your roots down, this is where you're calling home, if, if you're able to help contribute towards that regular giving as well, that's a blessing. And that funds all of the ongoing ministry we do every week, outreach in the community, ministry across all the different generations as well. 
um, that is a key part of that. So I'd love you just to be praying into it. But I do want to thank you again, church, for your incredible heart of generosity. I'm continually humbled by the way people just give generously, support those in need. And our Christmas... Um, um, hunger crisis appeal um, wrapped up just this last week. We wrapped it up in total, and the total amount given um, through that Christmas hunger crisis appeal was a total of $52,000, which is an incredible result. And we should give thanks to God for such an incredible result given away. That's through Baptist World Aid going out to bless people in need in Africa, those who uh, have no food in the midst of that very um, devastating famine and drought at the moment as well. So thank you, church. And what a blessing it is just to be able to give away. And we're not going to stop doing that, I can tell you. We're going to keep giving away and blessing others because we've been blessed so greatly by God. You know, at the heart, this prayer, your kingdom come, is really a prayer for revival. Um, Because revival is the kingdom of heaven breaking into our world, breaking into our community, breaking into our lives, bringing healing and hope and forgiveness and life. And as a church, we are faith-filled that the Holy Spirit has a plan, a mighty plan to bring revival to this community, to our city and beyond that to our world as well. Uh, At the end of last year, we were so blessed to have Nicola McDermott, the Olympic high jumper, come and share with us what amazing services they were. If you weren't here, I am sorry, you missed out. Watch it online to try and catch a glimpse of um, just the power of those services as she shared with us again the vision that God gave her of stadiums filled once again with people gathering to worship Jesus and to hear the good news of the gospel as well. It filled faith within us to the things that we have prayed for for 30 years as a church, for reviving work of the Spirit of God in our community. And we've seen him do so much, but there is more yet he longs to do. And then on Christmas Eve, in the midst of our Christmas outreach, Pastor Peter sent me the following text. He said, get this, the opening words of Greg Sheridan in today's Australian, under the title, Christianity's Weird Success. He wrote... Christianity will revive in the West in a very big way in the coming decades. If this prediction is wrong, I invite any reader to tax me on it severely in 50 years. (laughs) For the West is entering a phase of paganism and history shows paganism is inherently ripe for conversion. The best historical example is the debauched and raucous city of Corinth at the time of Paul the Apostle. If Christians could crack first century Corinth, Contemporary Manhattan, C.D. King's Cross, Swinging Soho and Atheist Amsterdam, these should be a walk in the park one day. And then Peter wrote this, he said, not sure if Greg knows Jesus, but when a prominent Australian journalist starts predicting revival in a national newspaper on Christmas Eve in 2022, then get ready. Hearing the rustling of the angelic armies. How good is that, church? I think that's um, something to give thanks for and to praise God for as well. The Spirit of God is moving in our midst. At the same time, um, Pastor Peter sent me that text. Pastor Marty from the Grove sent me an email as well, an article that was entitled, Is Europe Post-Christian or Pre-Revival? And as I read the article, it was just telling story after story of the way the Spirit of God, it was in Christianity Today, of how the Spirit of God is moving across Europe And uh, stadiums literally being filled with believers, cross-denominationally gathering together to worship Jesus. Youth conferences in Norway, 9,000 young people for Norway sent, being commissioned and sent out. The the 24-7 prayer movement, 22,000 prayer movements across that region of the world, people praying and the Spirit of God is moving. So be faith-filled, church. You know, we so easily, don't we, settle for such a small vision for our lives? But I want you to hear this morning, that tonight, that Jesus, that's my fourth message snuck in there tonight. I want you to hear tonight. I want you to hear this. I really do. We so easily settle for a small vision. Hear this too. If, if you're younger and you're just stepping into your life, do not settle for the world's vision. Do not settle for the small vision, but step into the kingdom vision Jesus has for you. Step into that. And God wants to use you in your uniqueness, in the gifts he's given you through your own experiences, the way he has wired you to be part of his kingdom plans to bring hope and healing and life to our world. Recently, someone in our church uh, had a powerful experience of the blessing of stepping into the kingdom, uh, to a kingdom vision for his life. This, this person who sent this message to me is very successful, runs businesses, 
Um, but he sent me this message um, just recently. It was about uh, a guy called Paul that he was able to help and literally bring the kingdom of heaven to this guy called Paul. This is what he wrote. A little bit about Paul. A husband and dad of five and about 50 years old, he lived locally on Brisbane's north side. Paul was adopted and loved his adopted parents. For 20 years, Paul was gripped by a heroin addiction and getting off heroin, alcohol replaced that void. He got too much for his wife and she kicked him out, and which meant living out of his car. And here's a summary of how in a few weeks, God's goodness, mercy and miracles changed a life for eternity. I was driving through the bush near Bunya, listening to church online. How good, praise God again for our online ministry. I noticed out of the corner of my eye what appeared to be a guy living out of his car. I said to God, if he is there on my way back, I will call in and say good day." Well, he was there. And I introduced myself and I said, God wanted me to call in and check on him as God loved him. I shared his story. We exchanged numbers and day by day, I would check in on him and help him with resources. Paul was in the deepest, darkest pit, no home, no hope, and the grip of evil addiction plaguing him. As the world judged him and authorities asked him to move on, he needed a friend called Jesus. In Paul's words, I'm a good guy, but have made bad decisions in my life. And I said, hey, there was a guy in the Bible called Paul. He also made bad decisions, but then he met Jesus and went on to help change many people's lives for the kingdom of God. And he said, I think I've heard of him. Didn't he start the Salvation Army? (laughs) Over the next few weeks, Paul and I became friends and we would communicate regularly. I would share stories of how God changed my life and how God wanted to change his life. But the relentless demons were in his head trying to take his life. I said, to get rid of them, you need Jesus in your life and to ask God in. He said that night that he prayed to God and asked him into his life. And from this moment on, incredible miracles took place. He said he wanted to come to church and he came with his youngest daughter who was 10 years old. Paul and his daughter came to Bridget and in that service, the Holy Spirit poured out so much love on them. His daughter went to Buzz with my daughter and Paul and I sat together, both being blessed in God's presence. There was an altar call. And I went down the front and he said he wanted to come too. And I was weeping and he was weeping as we came down the front. After service, he said, I really love that. Super nice people, just like the people I've connected with in AA. He said, I will be coming back. And he did by watching online services. Not long after that, we were away on holidays and I was touching base with Paul, but not getting any return messages, which was, which was weird. When we got back from holidays, his car was gone from his usual spot. My heart was worried. This is just in January, just just this year. Then I received a call from his wife to say that Paul has passed away. And the results from the autopsy was that he had a heart attack sitting in his car. She had looked through his phone and saw our messages, which prompted her to call me to let, let us know. In summary, it wasn't about getting Paul to church. It was about getting the church to Paul in his pit. I love that line. It's a powerful line, isn't it? After giving his life to Jesus, the temptation subsided. He had amazing dreams of his adopted parents. His eldest daughter, who he hasn't spoken to for many years, contacted him and they reconciled. People from the community, including the police, would bring him food and home-baked cooking. God's goodness and mercy poured out on him and now he dwells in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen, church. Isn't that incredible? What a story. What a story. Here's the other powerful part of that story. That that guy from our church here then sent this. This is the end of his message. This is what he wrote. He said, those few weeks have changed my life forever. It got me out of my bubble and into someone else's struggle. He had encountered the blessing of being part of that kingdom vision, hadn't he? He'd experienced it firsthand. We are the ones blessed. There is no greater cause to live for than to point people to King Jesus, our Savior, to experience the healing and hope that is found in him, eternal life, ultimately, that is found in him, the greatest gift anyone 
can ever receive. And I believe it across this series as together we pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done in my life as is in heaven. As we pray this together, then I believe the Spirit of God is going to move in a mighty way among us. We're going to hear more stories like this story, Paul's story. As we make ourselves available and say, yes, Jesus, count me in. I want to be in for your kingdom plans and purposes. And so across this series, I want to invite you to pray this prayer regularly. Um, I'm, I'm even I'm committing just to pray this prayer every day of this series as I wake up to pray, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come in my life today as it is in heaven. I want to encourage you too to pray this prayer over your family, to pray over your family, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come. Your will be done in my family as it is in heaven. Just to pray that prayer. And I want to encourage you, would you pray this prayer for us as a church as well, corporately, to pray, Lord Jesus, your kingdom come in your church as is in heaven. And then don't stop there. Keep praying. Pray it over your workplace. Lord, your kingdom come in my workplace, in my university campus, in my school community, in the street in which you've placed me, on my job site, wherever he takes you. Just pray, pray, Lord Jesus, would your kingdom come, the kingdom of heaven breaking into our world. Because the needs around us are great. There are people searching. Whether it be a young person in youth detention or a person that lives across the street to you or the person who works uh, next, next to you, um, his workstation's right next to you tomorrow morning. There are people desperately who need to encounter and, and to experience the love of Jesus in their life. You know, this is such a powerful prayer to pray. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And I believe that as we pray this prayer together as a church of this series, we are going to see the Spirit of God move among us. And so I want to pray right now. Ask God just to lead us right across this series as we continue to press on the visions he's called us to. Ask the Spirit of God to lead us, to bless us for more and more to come into his kingdom. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this incredible truth, Lord, the, the invitation that you give to each one of us to step in to your kingdom vision. Lord, help us not to be distracted or pulled away by the things of this world, the vision the world is constantly pushing at us, but instead, Lord, to seek your kingdom first above all else. And Lord, as we pray this prayer, the prayer of our hearts is that we would lay down our plans, our dreams, our own visions, Lord, we lay them down, and instead that we would humble ourselves, Lord, before you, King Jesus, humble ourselves before you, our servant King, Instead, say, Lord Jesus, we want to be part of your plans and your purposes. And so, Lord, I pray you'll help us in this, empower us by your Holy Spirit to, to step out in faith, Lord, not to hold back. And Lord, we want to pray over some of these visions we've talked about tonight, Lord. We ask for your blessing over them in a really special way. Lord, we want to pray over um, that... Uh, a vision of the bridge care shed up there, the hamper ministry. Thanks for street light. Thanks for bridge care. Thanks for the love being spread across this community. Continue to have your hand upon that, we pray. Lord, we want to pray as well just for that um, opportunity through the English online platform, the incredible opportunity you have given us in this time, in this generation, to reach out to people all around the world using English, Lord, to share God's love. Thank you for the stories already of what you're doing. Bless this this uh, technology, we pray. Be with Andrew and Caleb and the team that are working on this, we ask. We pray for Dion, the ministry of Truefeller and those young people. Thank you for those 40 young people doing that Bible study, Lord. Bless Luke and the team in there. This very week as they go in, Lord, we're praying for revival to break out in those youth detention centers. That's our prayer, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we want to keep praying over that op shop ministry too, Lord, the many hundreds hundreds, thousands, Lord, from our community coming in there week after week, opportunities to pray for people, for them to experience your love. And so, Lord, we pray as your people, we pray as your church, Lord, that your kingdom would come, the kingdom of heaven keep breaking, and we are longing for so many more stories like Paul's story, Lord, just multiply that again. Use us, fill us, we pray. And Lord, we do pray tonight too, in the spiritual battle, Lord, we know that there is kingdom ground to be taken, that there is an enemy who doesn't want to see your kingdom go forward in power, but we declare and we thank you that we're on the winning side, that on the cross, Jesus, you won the victory. Lord Jesus, that the kingdom of darkness, Lord, has been defeated. And so we pray that we will press forward in prayer and in faith, Lord, to, to enter the spiritual battle, to stand firm, great God. But we would see strongholds, 
Lord, come crashing down. That's our prayer, Lord. Chains, Lord, that would, that would be freed from people, that people would experience freedom and hope in you, Lord. Where the kingdom of darkness has taken a hold, that the kingdom of light would break in, Lord. We pray that across all areas of our, our city, our, our community, Lord, our nation, our world. We're, this is our prayer, Lord God, that the kingdom of darkness would be shuddering, Lord, in fear as the kingdom of light breaks in in power. So fill us, use us in this way, we pray. And so, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the greatest king ever. We worship you. We honor you. We humble ourselves before you tonight. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. We're going to stand together and sing a final song which speaks of the faith that we have, of the work that God is doing in our world. So let's jump on our feet as we do that. I did want to mention as you're doing that, as we get ready to sing. Maybe you're here tonight and God's using you on your front line, your kingdom, in, in a kingdom vision way already, then we want to encourage you in that. But maybe you're here tonight and you're thinking, I'm not sure what step to take. Something's stirring within me. I want to step into that kingdom vision. Uh, we've been talking a lot about uh, these volunteer opportunities across the church, our volunteer day next Saturday. Maybe for you, that is the step, the first step in that kingdom vision. Just to pray over that booklet, maybe an area that you're thinking, yeah, look, I want to step in. I want to serve there. I want to be a part of that. And that for you can be just that jump in moment. You might be thinking, where do I start? My advice to you is just jump in, jump in, serve, be a part of what God is doing in this place and beyond that as well. You will be blessed. You will be encouraged. So make sure you sign up for that volunteer day if you haven't yet done that and God's stirring in your heart. And let's pray, let's worship Him together and pray in our hearts as we're worshiping and sing of the God of revival. Let's worship Him together tonight, church. Let's declare this together. 
million people Come awake in the city Oh God of revival Pour it out, pour it out Every stronghold will crumble Hear the chains in the ground Oh God of revival Pour it out, pour it Amen. Praise God for what He's doing. I'll tell you again, there's no greater cause to live for. I really want to invite you to step into His kingdom plans and visions. You can grab a seat. God bless you. Thanks so much for sharing with us tonight, those joining us online as well. Don't forget um, our prayer lounge up the back. If you'd like prayer in any way tonight, we'd love to pray for you. Our connections lounge as well. Do stay around after service, but God bless. And thanks so much for sharing with us. <laughs> 